You're listening to The Patchwork Girl and Friends. I'm Kendra, and I love having interesting conversations with my friends about art, media, life, the universe, and everything. And that is what this podcast is all about. So I have this list of people that I want on my podcast, and it is a very, very long list. Uh, But (laughs) one of the people that I've wanted basically from the beginning is Allison. And Allison is finally here on my podcast. Yay! (laughs) And this is pretty special because um, when I first asked you to be on my podcast when I ask people to be on my podcast I say I want you to come and talk about something you like and I figured that you would talk about a book but what I didn't realize is that um we would be talking about your book the book that you wrote and that actually makes me even more excited to do this so Allison tell us about yourself and your book Okay, I'm also super excited and I can't wait to share about this with you. Um, I've lived in China for nine years now and it's been an adventure. Every single day is an adventure. So I've always wanted to write about all of those adventures because I think it would be so interesting. But for nine years, I couldn't write it. It was like I felt stuck before I even tried to to write the story or write the book or whatever it was because I've always loved writing and I love sharing things, ideas, stories with people. And so I wanted to share about China because that's a huge part of my life and something that's really important to me and something I really love. So I've wanted to share about it, but it took a really long time for me to find the voice that I could use to share about those stories and those adventures that I've had. You did finally write something. You you now have like two books about China. And the mm. first one, I remember you let me see, wow, several years ago. And that is, yeah, that this, it was a long time ago, The Smells of Hainan, mm-hmm. uh, which you are releasing as an ebook, I believe. Yeah, it's available for people who subscribe on my website as a free ebook. So as long as they subscribe, they can get it. Awesome. And can you tell us a bit about what the inspiration was for writing The Smells of Hainan and how you finally got to writing about this thing that you've wanted to write about? Yeah, definitely. Um, I lived in Hainan for four years before I moved to Guangzhou. Um, And when I was in Hainan, it it was a really special time. It's really hard to describe how how special it was because I had just graduated from university when I moved there to teach university students. And so I was almost the same age, maybe just a year or two older than a lot of my students. So we had a really strong and fun time. We had a really strong relationships with them and a lot of really fun times. And so it was just such a special time. And I was crazy. I did so many crazy things. And I talk about some of those crazy things in Smells of Hainan. Um, But after my four years there, I was getting ready to move to another city. Um, Hainan is an island at the south of China. And I was getting ready to move to the mainland. But it was really hard to leave Hainan because I had so many wonderful memories. I had so many great friends. It was just a really emotional time when I was leaving. And so I wanted to write kind of a memoir and share about some of the people, some of the the things, but I decided to do it by talking about the smells because I felt like that was a good way to weave everything together so that I could allow people to see my life. But instead of just saying, this is a story, this is a story, this is a story, I could connect them all through the smells because I don't know, I'm weird, but I really love smells. The good ones, not the bad ones. But the bad ones also have influence on on life. And it's a big part of life in China, too. I love that thread in The Smells of Hainan. I love that it is based around the smells. Could you could you give us a little sneak peek of maybe one of the mm-hmm. stories in there and like why you chose that particular smell to write about and how it weaves into the story? 
I think one of my favorite smells that I talked about in there is the tea smell because I love tea. I, I love drinking all kinds of tea, like American tea, Chinese tea, all of it. I remember one of my first times going to Hainan, we went to a leader of the school, his office, and he had like a special tea ceremony. And I remember tasting the tea the first time and I thought it was like dirt. I was like, oh, this stuff is weird. But later, as I got used to it, I realized that it's so good. Like it's, it's definitely different from apple cinnamon tea, but <laughs> it's so special and so good. And so then later I would have tea parties with my students. Um, sometimes we would just hang out at my house and I would share American tea or sometimes we would have Chinese tea and just sit on my gray rug in the middle of the living room and have a table. It was not an official tea ceremony because I'm not that fancy, but we had like this little tiny table and we would try to do the official ceremony, which involves pouring tea all over everything. And so we ended up with tons of tissues everywhere, sopping up the spilled tea <laughs> because I don't have like a fancy dispenser to let the tea drain off so that you don't have this mess. But it was still super fun. And those are some of the best conversations and the best times that I had with my students over tea. And then there were several years between writing The Smells of Hainan and your your big book, The yes. Snapshots of China. Um, what brought you to Snapshots of China? I think in Hainan, I didn't have time to write because I was going 110 miles an hour literally all the time. Okay, maybe that's a poor use of literally, but whatever. And so I was so busy. And then after I came to Guangzhou, I started my master's not too long after that. And I was pretty busy with that. And so I finally finished that. And I realized that I had time to invest in something else that I loved. And obviously that would be writing. And so I had an idea for a novel that I really wanted to write. And so I started writing that and sharing it with a friend of mine, um, Albert. And he suggested, as I was kind of formulating these ideas that I write fiction, because I'd always wanted to write a memoir because I love reading memoirs. And so I really wanted to write one in that style. But I kept running into a lot of problems with that because I didn't want to share something in a memoir that would make anyone uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I, I really love a book called Rivertown by Peter Hessler. Mm. And I think it's hilarious and funny, but I felt like if I had written something like that and then shared it with my students or my friends and the people that I love, it, it wouldn't have made them feel completely 100% happy because he shares funny things, but kind of in a joking way. And, and you can get it, but I don't know. I just didn't feel comfortable sharing that with my in my own experiences in the same way. And so I decided to write fiction. And at first I was trying to write this novel and it, I kind of got stuck because I needed to do some research on it that I wasn't sure how to do. And so I decided to just keep writing, but more for fun. And that's where I did the word doodles, which are very simple and easy to do. It doesn't take a super long time. It's really good for experimentation with voice or with different characters. You can explore all kinds of themes or topics. So I really liked that style of writing. And it, it was just fun because you can do anything. and There's not as much research because you can just write about what you know. So it was really easy. So I just started doing those for fun. And then a friend of mine was like, you should turn these into a book. And so I was thinking about how that would work. And when I finally realized that self-publishing is not as impossible as it used to be, I decided to give it a try. Yeah. Tell us about uh, word doodles and how you do that. Okay. Yeah. I love word doodles. They're actually from a friend of mine who sort of gave me the idea. Um, but she said that a word doodle is where somebody else gives you two completely random words. And then you use those two words to write a story or a character sketch or anything, but it should be short and you're not supposed to do a lot of editing. Um, sorry, I'll share a secret. I did edit this book for your benefit. 
So it's supposed to be just like a writing exercise, which is why it's so fun. And it's just supposed to be something that you can do to spark your imagination a little bit. And so you use those two words to just write anything, which was so fun. And I added the additional caveat that I also wanted to write about China. And so I had those two words and then something about China or foreigners in China or Chinese language, anything. So I just used those stipulations. How did you get the words for the word doodles? My friend Megan, who is also my editor, gave them to me every week or two whenever I begged her for new words. <laughs> and do you remember like what was the hardest pair of words she gave you to write about? I think it wasn't usually the words that were the problem, but probably just my brain at that moment or if I was too busy or sometimes I remember one time I was trying to write something and for some reason that week I just didn't have any ideas and I was too busy or I started to get an idea and then I let it sit for too long without actually going through with the idea so sometimes those were harder but I can't remember which ones they were sorry. Can you give us any hints about one or two of your favorite snapshot of China stories without giving too much away? Okay, sure. Um, I think probably my first favorite one was The Diary of a Language Learner by Becky, or about Becky. She wrote it, but it was me. And <laughs> I love this one because it was so fun and so easy to write. Becky is this super happy, peppy, positive girl who loves everything. And I love this story because those were my favorite students to teach. And I kind of created Becky around two of my best friends um, from Hainan. And they were, they were Becky. They were the kind of people that are like, this is the best class ever, which as a teacher, those are the students that you dream of. And so it was just really fun to write that one, which was really interesting because I had a bunch of my friends read the stories later and give feedback. And several people said, this person seems unrealistic. Like that seems impossible. And I realized that not everyone gets to have a Becky. And it made me so sad because they had never had a student like that. And I was shocked. I was so sad for them because those are like the reason that I keep teaching for the Beckys. And so it was it was really interesting to realize that. Um, but then I also had a Chinese friend read it and she said, oh, yes, I am Becky. I was Becky. I was the crazy person who loved everything. <laughs> so I thought that was really interesting. You write about a lot of really diverse subjects and a lot of mm -hmm. different characters because you... I, I love how you um, write about some foreigners and the foreigner experience in China and also how you write about Chinese students and like their family life or things that are going on. Or um, probably my favorite is the the street sweeper guy. Oh, I, yeah. I, I really love that story. <laughs> I was actually a little bit worried with that one. I wrote it and then I wrote a couple extra at the end because I was afraid that it, it would sound unrealistic because I don't actually really talk to street sweepers except for a smile and a hello sometimes. But I didn't want it to come across as unrealistic. But several people have told me that that's one of their favorites. So that was really encouraging. I haven't talked to any street sweepers either, but I have had a lot of conversations with taxi drivers. And I do understand those are very different professions, but just the the style and the the way you characterized the street sweeper did make me think of some really, really lovely taxi drivers who were yeah. very hardworking and just wanted the best for their families. So I think... You, you captured something, I think. <laughs> okay, good. One of my goals actually for this book was to write it so that people who, foreigners who come to China will have a better understanding of their students and maybe what's going on in their students' lives outside of school. Um, I tried to capture that, especially with a girl named Xue Qing, 
who is an artist and she ended up studying English because she couldn't study anything else. And I've had those kind of students and their English is not very good, but they do it because they have no other choice. And I, I tried to look at behind the scenes, like what she's feeling in that situation. Cause I think it's easy to look at those kinds of students and judge them and say, why don't you work harder? But maybe they are very talented in another area that we just don't know about. And so I wanted to show someone that there's there's probably something else going on in their lives. And I wanted to help give us empathy for those kinds of people and those students. I love that so much. I feel like you really put a lot of effort into giving some insight into things about China that people don't think to to think about, if that mm. makes sense, uh, especially foreigners. I think um, coming from an American perspective, I did not know like anything about China before I mm. went to live there. And Same. I think a lot of people are like me, probably a little bit better than me, but maybe like me and that you think of China and you think of like Mulan or... <laughs> ancient yes. Chinese poetry or ancient Chinese architecture or fireworks Kung Fu. Kung Fu yeah exactly and it's like there's there's so much in modern China mm -hmm. uh, that we just don't know about and I love like another one I really I, I won't I promise I won't give all the stories away <laughs> no it's okay <laughs> I love talking about them with somebody who knows them <laughs> there another one that I just really really liked is there's this grandmother going shopping mm. and in China in the wet markets people use WeChat pay they use cashless methods of payment and you added that in and I was like I love that I love that that's so it, so Chinese um yeah. because a lot, you know I came back to the United States and everyone here uses credit cards and I was like oh I bet what that was a culture shock what are <laughs> yeah it's like what are those we don't use those anymore <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, so uh, thing, things like that of like the the modern things of China that people just don't really know about. And I really appreciate that in your writing. Yeah. Oh, another of my favorites is the fishing one about the little boy and his family. And they go to the park and just hang out. And it's about the, the little boy and all these different relationships and his struggles and how he wants to spend more time with his dad. And I just, I love looking at the different relationships in China. And I really love that character, but I never went back to him because I don't talk to little boys very often. So I don't really understand all their struggles. So I didn't feel like I could return, but I loved that one with just looking at what their family dynamic was possibly like. Yeah, I want to know had several different test readers I want to know kind of the demographics of um, you've had foreigners read it you've had Chinese read it some students who who are your your test readers and what feedback have they given you about this my test readers for Chinese it was actually a little harder because I think since my book is written entirely in English a lot of my friends viewed it as a little bit more work and some of my friends said, after you translate it to Chinese, I will read it. And so I, I asked a couple people. Um, most of them are late 20s to 30, 40s. So it was just that age group. So not as many young people, but a fairly good variety in there. Um, I think the only one who read all of them was Jay. And she gave a lot of really good feedback about, oh no, another Chinese teacher also um, at my old school named Kay also did a lot of really good detailed look at all of the stories and different things that they said, maybe this is not completely 100% accurate or um, maybe you could change this or do... Shirley had a couple of good suggestions about, do we really do this? Do Chinese really celebrate Christmas together randomly? And I was like, oh yeah, maybe not so much. 
So like just a few of those small details that they were able to catch. And Brandon gave a lot of really good comments about the first few. He said, basically he wanted more details in all of them. <laughs> so that was a good thing to keep in mind as I was writing some of the later ones, because I started having some people read the earlier ones before I finished all of them. So I, I tried to have a, a good variety. And then a couple of my previous students also read some of them. And I didn't get as much feedback from them, but I, I want to in the future because they were in some of the stories. And so they commented on those a little bit more. But mm -hmm. I, I tried to, if I wrote a story about someone, I tried to send it to them sometimes just to see their thoughts and ideas about it. And I, I wrote one, it was about, oh, I can't remember what the, the new title is, um, but it was about a, a boy who worked in a training center because that's what a good friend of mine does. And I wrote it about his life and his struggle and how he has to balance life with friends. And I've had several friends who worked in training centers and they've told me all of the horror stories about it. So I just used all of that to try to get into his head and I sent it to him. And he was like, how did you know what it's like in my office? And he was kind of freaked out. <laughs> like, Sorry, just, just my imagination was it right. He was like, yes, that's exactly what it's like. Oh, and I was wow. like, wow. <laughs> wow. Didn't know it was so accurate, but it made me really happy. And now it's time for Random Recommendations. I started reading a book called On Writing by Stephen King, and I was a little nervous because it's Stephen King, but I read one of his books sort of on accident, and his plots are brilliant. And so I wanted to know how he created such brilliant plots, so I read his book about writing, and it was kind of a memoir too, and it was fascinating and inspiring, and not nearly as gruesome as some of his books. <laughs> So that was good. Um, but I really loved his way of writing. I'm not really a planner as much when it comes to writing. I like to just write and see what the characters do. And that's what he does. And it gave me a lot of freedom to just explore the characters through writing and learn about them and then let them do it. And he also encouraged people to write every single day which I have not done in the past week, but before that I was doing very well. So I really loved that writing, that on writing book and the encouragement that he gives to writers. Since you are a writer, I want to know what kind of books do you like to read? And are there any that may have influenced your writing? Okay. One, I could talk about books for the rest of the day. So get ready. <laughs> <laughs> I love all books. In 2020, I finally accomplished my life goal of reading 100 books in a year. Usually I don't read that many, but nice. I was looking through my list of books that I've read this year, and I kept adding them to, to my list of books that I love because there's just so many. So I love all kinds of books. I love books about people's lives. Um, I read Will Smith's memoir called Will. Um, I read Tuesdays with Maury, which, wow, that one was spectacular. I would recommend that to everyone. And I also read a book called Just Mercy about a guy in a lawyer in the South who was fighting against death row, um, which was also just a very fascinating book to read. So I love books about people and their lives and true stories, which is why I wanted to write about a true story, because that's the kind of book that I really like to read. Um, but I think you can still write about a true story in a different way. So that's my goal. Still sort of technically fiction, but also very true. Um, I also love fantasy. George MacDonald is an author that I recently discovered, and he's fantastic. And Lord of the Rings, also excellent that I read this year. Um, I really like fiction. I kind of consider it my book candy because it's not really extremely in-depth, but it's just so fun to read. So I try to have a candy book for after my other real reading. 
And so I, I like a book called The Bookish Life of Nina Hill is a fun one, or How to Stop Time by Matt Haig. And I loved that one because it, it looked at history and so many different things in history and what different things were like, but it was just fascinating. Or mysteries. I also love mysteries like The Plot by Jean Hamp Korolitz. I'm not sure how to say that, but it was really, really interesting. So I love those. I love history, especially if it's more interesting. I read one called Hawaii by James A. Missioner, and I loved that one. His books are like a million pages long. That's an exaggeration, but so you should read it. Um, but it's so fascinating because he takes this culture and looks at it in so much detail, but also in the form of a story. And so it was it was just really interesting. And I need to go back and look and see how many of the characters were real. But I think a lot of them actually were. So that was really cool. And I love books about life. Um, Managing Leadership Anxiety is a really good one I read recently. Um, the Culture Map by Aaron Meyer was fascinating. Uh, looking at different cultures. And this one is another one that really influenced my writing because her book was more of a theoretical look at all these different cultures and what they're like. And so I wanted to do kind of the same thing in my writing, look at cultures in different ways, but look more at the practical aspect of people's lives rather than just saying, this is what the culture is like. Here's an example. I wanted to put the culture in the story and let people discover it for themselves. Hopefully they will get most of the connections, but I wanted to have more of a practical look at culture. So those are some of the books I love. Did you have any to share? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, th this is about your book. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but the next set of questions is about illustrations. And so I should ask you these questions because you are my illustrator and I'm so thankful to have such an incredible illustrator as listeners of your blog probably know your illustrations are great as they accompany the podcast. And so I was really, really glad when you agreed to do the illustrations for me because I wanted this book to be something fun and something that people can look at and it's a beautiful work. And so I wanted it to have illustrations. And so when I asked a couple people, you were the one that consistently gave me pictures and I love them. And so I was really, really glad that you agreed to keep working with me on those illustrations. So I have a couple questions. First, what is the process of choosing what to draw and then drawing the picture? Okay, before we get into that, I just have to say I became your illustrator completely by accident. And I wasn't <laughs> really, I don't, I don't think either of us knew what we were getting into. <laughs> because definitely not <laughs> this this is when you were doing the word doodles and you told me you're like mm -hmm. hey I'm doing these word doodles I want to do a whole bunch of them and and I was like cool send them to me and I'll make a drawing for them because I love things that give me um oh kind of like a challenge Mm. Of, of what of what to draw I love Inktober because that makes me draw mm. consistently so I was like cool here's another thing that will make me draw consistently and then yeah. you were and then you said <laughs> I think I did like I don't know like four or five and then uh -huh. you said yes yeah, so I'm writing a book can you make 40 <laughs> illustrations <laughs> oh yeah I forgot how that went <laughs> I love them so much <laughs> And, and I thought, okay, okay. Um, but, but here's the thing. I, I finally get to tell my side of the story. Okay, yes, please share. <laughs> so I said yes, because I thought this is great. I do. I love reading your stories. I love doing the, the illustrations. This is such a great way of making me draw consistently and then I got whatever the artist version of writer's block is mm. I got that like eight in <laughs> oh no and I was just blocked for weeks and I like didn't want to talk to you because I was kind of embarrassed about it <laughs> no you don't have to be embarrassed I was probably having writer's block at the same time <laughs> 
And I was like, I have all these pictures to make and I don't even want to look at a piece of paper. Like it was really bad. It was, and I, I've never had anything like that happen to me before. So this is such an interesting thing because I randomly met this local artist at the library and we uh-huh. became friends. And then I once I realized she was an artist, because I got on her Instagram, mm-hmm. I realized she was doing, like, classes and workshops and stuff. And really? so I, I finally just, I was like, this is not going anywhere. And I really don't want to let Allison down. I need help. So I contacted her and I said, I need help. And I'm actually going to link her. I'm going to plug her real quick. Um her uh, company is called Koi Inc. Her name is Amanda, and she is absolutely wonderful. Um, I'm going to give a link to her website and some of her stuff in the description because she is wonderful. I booked about three or four private lessons with her, and oh my goodness, it was like therapy. <laughs> and. Wow. She just started me out doing really simple things um, and simple exercises that I could go home and do. And it made, I don't know how, but it just made doing art fun again. Mm -hmm. And I've never taken lessons or anything. Um, So I didn't even know, you know, what are the structures of drawing? I don't even know. And she was able to teach me some things and just help me talk through some things about, I think, the idea of of making this for someone else and that I, I wanted it to be really good for you and knowing that you wanted to put it in a book that would be shown to a lot of people. For some reason, that kind of froze me in this but it has to be perfect. And Uh. she was able to break me out of it. So I got out of that. And um, I don't know if you can tell, I can tell there is like a distinct difference between the pictures that were made before and after my work with Amanda. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think I love 99% of the pictures and the other ones are great. Just not my love. I know what it is pictures i know which ones you're talking about (laughs) (laughs) nothing against those (laughs) (laughs) anyway so back to your so that was my whole little journey there it was really fun and once i got over the artist block it was Mm. so much Fun. And I, the, I did I, things that I did not think I would be able to do. So mm-hmm. um, choosing what to draw. Wait, at, before we do that, I have another question about that's more about the I, artist block. So can we do that one first? Yeah, we can do that. You want to talk about my trauma? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you know, talking about trauma can help other people who are going through the same traumas. So what advice would you give to someone who has artists or writer's block? Yeah. Um, So my first impulse was I have to muscle through this because I got to get this done. And that Mm -hmm. didn't work. But something needs, it's not like I could just not do it and it would happen. Like that doesn't make Mm -hmm. sense. So doing something that had no stakes was really Mm -hmm. helpful for me. My teacher, Amanda Koi Inc., the very first thing we did is we sat down and she had me not even look at at the paper, but just look at my hand and try and draw my hand on the paper without looking Mm -hmm. at it and it's really like it doesn't even look like a hand but she said you want to move your eyes across all the lines and just notice like the little divots in your hand and this and that and so Mm -hmm. I got really mesmerized by like wow look at all the lines on my hand like who knew fingernails had so much you know Um, wow it makes me look at my fingernails (laughs) I know but there was something really relaxing about that Um, And also then looking at what I had drawn and it's just all weird, squiggly, spiky, doesn't look like a hand at all. And for some reason that was really relaxing for me and made me feel comfortable being with the paper. So actually for about 
three of the pictures right after I, um, when I, when I started trying to draw again, I would spend like five minutes doing that before I actually started the picture. And for some reason that just really relaxed me and calmed me down. So I think Mm -hmm. doing something that's really low stakes, that's kind of goofy and makes you laugh. It kind of reminds you why you like doing the thing. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Because when the, when the stakes are really high and you don't know what to do and you want it to be really nice, then it's, that's you, you just won't. Yeah, that's fascinating because that sounds exactly why I started writing word doodles. I wanted something low stakes, easy, fun. You can see the result immediately and just enjoy it, which I think is what a word doodle is. And that's why I'm such a huge fan. And you wrote a book through it. I love that. Yeah, that's wow. Praise God. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) That's so cool. Okay. That's, thank you so much for sharing. Cause that's, yeah, really inspiring. Um, should we go back to the first question? Yeah, we can do that. So what is your process of choosing what to draw and then drawing the picture? So at the beginning, I would just read the story and then choose some kind of that I could draw. <laughs> mm. And, and that was fun at first. I, I think I actually really like the first picture I ever drew for you. And that's the one there's, there's the story about the guy who owns the taco joint. Mm. And I just had a lot of fun. I drew this, this really colorful taco in front of kind of a Mexican looking blanket with a Chinese flag and American flag. And that was really fun. So just, um, but then, then once this became a serious thing and I knew I had to do 42. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> but I'm a then, horrible friend. I'm explaining. No, yeah. <laughs> no, it was good. I, I'm still like really honored that you chose me to do it, even though I was like procrastinating and, and we won't talk about those, those pictures that <laughs> it's okay. Anyway, Anyway, um, so then I wanted I wanted your input since this is going to be not just a fun like you're doing word doodles, I'm doing drawings, like there's a goal and we want it to be a, a book and a cohesive book and I wanted your input. So then we would just have um, really fun, long, long conversations <laughs> about each story and you would kind of give me an overview of what each story was about. Because some of them I hadn't read at that point. And then I would just toss out ideas. And you'd be like, yeah, maybe that. No, maybe that. And then there were some that you were like, I want this. And mm. I want this. I'm really glad that happened. Because that forced me to draw things that I would not have chosen to draw. And um, in particular, I'm thinking of the girl's very, very elaborate um, (laughs) fingernails as she's holding a phone. And I was like, well, I've always wanted to try drawing hands better, but oh boy. Uh I I think that picture is so cool, especially the story about why I do. I I won't tell it here, but I have a story about it on my website that people can read. Yes. (laughs) That's a good picture. So, and that's what was also fun. And I, you helped so much with that because I I needed reference photos. I finally realized I can't do this stuff from memory. I need reference Mm -hmm. photos. And so I asked you, since you have access to China. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great way to put it. to get me photos of stuff and so I basically sent you on this huge scavenger hunt I'm like I need pictures of steamed dumplings or I need a picture of this particular kind of vehicle and you found them (laughs) I had so much fun and I'm pretty sure my friends all thought I was crazy I love it so much and I picture of a bike (laughs) (laughs) for my book (laughs) (laughs) and I I think one of my favorites is something I was super intimidated to do and that is the wedding dress because you you were telling me about the story and I was like cool I'm gonna make the red envelopes because that sounds easy and you're like yeah but I have a picture of the dress that inspired this 
and <laughs> can you draw the dress? And I was like, Chinese wedding dresses have a lot of embroidery on them. <laughs> but you I did it. I, and I can't believe I did it. And it's really pretty. And it so it pushed my it pushed me in a really, really good way. And I am that is like one of my absolute favorite pictures, the um post block era. <laughs> yes, that one is great. And I'm glad that we did the wedding dress for that one because there's another one then that we could do the red envelopes for. Yes, so it worked out. <laughs> Actually, those were also kind of hard. The it's I bet. It was hard to, um, and and I apologize to anyone who can actually read Chinese. I can <laughs> write Chinese, but my handwriting does not look like a like a college student's or a professional advertiser. So I I put readable Chinese in a lot of this, <laughs> but like for the red envelopes, I was sketching off of what you found me for the picture. And I was like, I, I hope this works. Cause I, it was cursive and it's really hard. I can't no write in cursive anyway. <laughs> no worries. Your drawings were great. And those kind of things are supposed to be drawn with like a big brush, not like a pencil. So that would be even harder. <laughs> it was, it was exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So next question. What do you want your pictures to add to the stories? Color, even though they're all black and white in your book. <laughs> Actually, I'm hoping to make a color version available also. We'll see Ooh. if I can make that happen. Ooh, okay. I would, I would like to do that. Okay. There were some things that, um, like the uh, QR code, for the vegetable seller, which is just really common in, in China. And I think a lot, if you haven't been there, you wouldn't necessarily see that. So to bring some of those visual things that you talk about and be like, and yeah, this is what it looks like. Ah, the why my guy, the, the takeout mm. delivery bike, because <laughs> you, you just see those everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I really liked being able to draw it and be like, this is, a, you know, a part of everyday life. And it's something I don't get to see anymore. And so yeah. um, I, I just hope that people will kind of, well, the whole snapshots of China thing there, you give a little story, I give a little picture, and they just have this little, you know, maybe it's really tiny and kind of blurry, because, you know, I'm not the best artist, but a little little picture of what what China looks like. Yeah, that's great. I'm still kind of stuck on the fact that America doesn't have QR codes. I hadn't, I forgot that. Wow. <laughs> I didn't know. This is totally off topic and I might cut it. But when I first came back in, in America now, there's these little chips in the credit cards. Oh, and yeah? instead of, yeah, instead of swiping the credit cards, you put the chip in a reader. And oh. apparently that had changed while I was in China and I came back and it, I looked like an idiot at the <laughs> stores because I'm like swiping it and the cashier is like, um, it needs to put it in the chip reader. And I was like, oh, <laughs> this thing? And they were like, where have you been living under a rock? Where have you been? And I'm like, credit cards. How quaint, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes! Oh my goodness. What, the last time I was in America, like three years ago, I think I got there maybe just at the very beginning. I don't know. I, I had the same experience. And I was like, what are you supposed to do with it? Like, you don't swipe it anymore? <laughs> it's like, this is too much of a headache. Can you just scan my phone? And they're like, yes. no, we don't do that here. I'm like, well. That's inconvenient. I have to like remember to bring a credit card somewhere. Anyway, wow, totally okay. off topic. <laughs> okay. I think my last question is sort of already answered. Why did you agree to draw these pictures for this book? Because you asked me to. <laughs> because it, again, it's okay. So I miss China very, very much. And mm. we we all know I would, I would 
here right now if if it wasn't for <laughs> like the pandemic and stuff. Yes. And so I found that it was really nice to draw these pictures of these things and sometimes people because um, we based some of the pictures off of people we know. And, uh, <laughs> and, and that just made me feel so connected. Mm. Um, it was really soothing to my soul to be like, yeah, there's the why my guys bike and, mm. and I'm drawing it. And, you know, here's an hour every day where I can just, remember these little detail things and it made me really happy (laughs) I'm so glad that you could do it and that it it wasn't just an annoying thing that you had to do for your friend no no (laughs) it was a journey and it was a very good journey (laughs) I'm so glad that's great So I want to know, and I know we've kind of talked about this a little bit already, Mm. but what do you want people to know about China by reading your book or your books? There's multiple ones at this point. (laughs) (laughs) I would love people, especially in America or other countries, to know that Chinese people are people with a lot of the same struggles and challenges that anyone else faces. It, It seems different because it's on the other side of the world from America and it seems like a completely different culture and it is a completely different culture but I think that it's easy to forget that people are still people no matter where you go they have a sense of humor they have heartaches they have struggles and even though it's a different culture people are still people and a lot of those struggles looks look different because of the different culture and environment but i want people to have a deeper understanding of that chinese culture and not just the things that we talked about like red and dragons and kung fu but i wanted them to focus on the deeper aspects of what the culture is really like and my designer avoided a lot of the stereotypes of of china up on my website and the book design and at first i was disappointed because I looked at it and I I loved it, but then I was thinking about it later and I realized that people are going to look at that and not necessarily think of China. But then I realized that that's my goal. I don't want people to only think of China when they see red and Kung Fu and dragons. I want them to realize that China is so much bigger and so much deeper than that. It's deeper than the Great Wall. It's deeper than Beijing. It's deeper than all of the conflicts that countries have. And I want them to see the people and understand what drives the individuals and what the individual people are like. And there's so much more than stereotypes. And I think that my designer, Pete, did an excellent job capturing that. And I'm really thankful for that. And I hope that people can see those deeper pictures of China through my stories and your artwork and the designs. Oh, that's beautiful. You know, uh, hearing about your team, like the people involved, like Albert and and Pete Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. Shirley and the people who read it, you have like, (laughs) you have a really cool team behind this book. And um, I'm honored to have a little part of that. I'm still (laughs) like, why did she choose me? But anyway. (laughs) Because you're amazing. (laughs) No, I am so blessed. Like this book would be impossible without all of the people who've helped to make it possible. And so I'm really, really thankful for all of them. My acknowledgement section is a little bit long. It's so wonderful that I have so many friends who've given their time and energy and talents to make this book real. So I'm, I'm really, really thankful. And this book is going to be real pretty soon. Allison, I, I really hope that uh, the people listening are excited and want to read your book. Now is the time to tell them how can they read The Smells of Hainan? How can they get access to Snapshots of China? What are the things that people need to know? Okay. Smells of Hainan is available right now. If you go to my website, which is allisonmullins.com, 
it's conveniently my name, so it's easy to remember if you know my name. And you can subscribe to my email list, and I will send you a free ebook, a PDF, I believe, of that book. And that has also been designed by a friend of mine, and it looks really, really cool. And Kendra did the artwork for that also, which is fantastic. So feel free to go and check that out. It's it's beautiful. Not not just the writing, mostly not the writing, because I wrote that a long time ago, but it was fun to write still. Um, for the book, it will be available on Amazon, hopefully around Christmas time. I'm finishing up a few things. So once we get the typesetting done, because self-publishing is a huge process, I've learned, but it's great. So once we get the typesetting done and another final edit read through, then I'm going to send it off to be self-published and you can order your copy. You can get an ebook um, for Kindle on through Amazon, or you can get a printed copy. I'm thinking of trying to make it available in black and white, which will be a little cheaper or color, which I think will be more beautiful. So um, you can get that through my website. I'll make it available there or on Amazon. And I'm going to have a link to Allison's website. And as soon as the book comes out on Amazon, I'm going to add a link in the description to the Amazon um, page where you can buy snapshots of China. Thank you so much, Allison, for many, many different things of being my friend, making me do this project or <laughs> allowing me to be part of it. And, and also for writing something that's really, really special for, especially for those of us who really love China. Mm, thank you, Kendra. I'm so honored. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to The Patchwork Girl and Friends. Make sure to check out the artwork I make for every episode on Instagram and Facebook. You can support The Patchwork Girl and Friends by using the Anchor app. And you can also use the Anchor app to send me random quotes and recommendations that I can use in future episodes. <laughs>